0: again everyone and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe Joe Pasillo, as always joined by Joe Resinello and once more dear brothers and sisters let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Let's jump right into it today. Uh, we're welcoming back to the program David Pinault, uh, and we are discussing where well, the topic of conversation is something that David is intimately familiar with, which is Cardinal Zen and human rights violations in general in China. And a lot of people don't want to talk about this and but that's not who joe and i are all right and and we don't care if a topic is uncomfortable for whomever we don't care all right cuz we want to get to the truth of the matter fact is the catholic church in china is being persecut- persecuted by the chinese communist party and cardinal zen um uh his recent troubles with his arrest and everything which david will get into so david welcome back to the front line with joe and joe we really appreciate you coming on
2: thank you joe it's a real honor and a pleasure to be back with you
0: again Absolutely. Thank you, David. Real quick, for those of you uh, who are not familiar with David, Penalt is an emeritus professor of religious studies at Santa Clara University and the author of two books, two books published by Ignatius Press. We encourage you to go out and buy those books. The first one is The Crucifix on Mecca's Front Porch, A Christian's Companion for the Study of Islam, and the novel Providence Blue, A Fantasy Quest. Again, you could purchase both of those books at Ignatius Press. Let's get, uh, jump right in to uh, this topic today. Joe Racinello, I'm going to hand it over to you.
1: We'll just start with a little prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Remember, Almost Gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful mother of the word incarnate despise none of petitions but in your clemency hear and answer us amen name of the father son holy spirit amen so david i guess a good place to start to just like set the groundwork who is cardinal zen um to be honest with you i could remember i was in india in 2007 and a nun from korea told me about him that's the first time i heard about him but outside of that i would never have heard about him um who is he, and many consider him a hero of, yeah. of the 21st century church. Let's break that down and set the groundwork for the conversation. Okay, thank you so much, Joe. Um, and as I said, it's a real privilege
2: and honor uh, to be able to talk about Cardinal Zen and the status of uh, China's Christians and Catholics in particular with you uh, this morning. So Cardinal Zen is uh, the retired uh, Bishop of Hong Kong. Uh, he was born in Shanghai in the early 1930s. Uh, So that means that he grew up in Shanghai, China, under Japanese occupation Okay, in the years leading up to and including World War II. You know, it's quite a personal history. Now, in 1948, 1949, during that period there, as Mao Zedong and the Chinese Communist Party came to power in China, Joseph Zen fled from Shanghai, across the border to Hong Kong, which remember at that time was a British crown colony. And there, enjoying freedom of religion, Joseph Zen was able to study. He eventually uh, became ordained a priest in the Salesian order, Um, and um, Catholic viewers may uh, realize they may already know that um, the Salesian Order named after St. Francis de Sales, an order that was also popularized by uh, Don John Bosco. The Salesian Order is one that is dedicated uh, especially to educating the young, especially the young in disadvantaged circumstances. And um, he uh, became a member of the Salesian Order and after that volunteered to go back across the border into Communist China at the height of the Cultural Revolution. And this was a period from 1966 to 1976 uh, during which um, the violence and persecution of religion was at its height in Communist China. Uh, It took extraordinary courage um, for Joseph Zen to Volunteer to re enter China. And he went through a lot there, risked imprisonment and worse, ministering to the faithful. Then he comes back and eventually um, becomes Bishop of Hong Kong, uh, retired from that position in 2009. But I want to emphasize that Cardinal Zen is someone who by no means has had what we would call a quiet retirement. He has been at the forefront of speaking out for many years, for many years, against the really vicious violent depredations of communist China against, especially against um, the various religious groups. And um, with the encouragement of Pope Benedict, and I want to emphasize here that um, when uh, Jody and I, when my wife and I, had the great honor of dinner with Cardinal Zen. I'll get to that a little bit uh, later. <clears throat> Cardinal Zen emphasized the fact that uh, <clears throat> he holds uh, Pope Benedict in the greatest honor, and they have a, a very uh, warm personal relationship. Uh, talk more about that a little bit later. But in any case, <clears throat> what Cardinal Zen has done for years, he spoke out against the CCP, against the Chinese Communist Party uh, when it crushed Protesters at Tiananmen Square in 1989. Uh, He spoke out on behalf of the rights of the Falun Gong, uh, a very viciously persecuted religious minority group in China. And during the uh, protests in Hong Kong in 2019, when the people of Hong Kong rose up, and over 2 million people, over 2 million residents at a time in Hong Kong, and keep in mind that the total population of Hong Kong was only 7 million. Over 2 million people were in the streets at one time protesting against repression, the increasing repression imposed on Hong Kong by the Chinese Communist Party. And Cardinal Zen was at the forefront of that, arm in arm with the young people, speaking out against them. So this is someone who has been a, a really courageous defender of human rights in general, and especially um, speaking up for uh, the the Christians and the Catholics of both Hong Kong and mainland China.
0: David Penhall joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Quick question, very quick one w- for our audience. What is the status of Hong Kong right now? A lot of people don't pay attention to these things. Uh, I think it's important for people to know what is Hong Kong's status right now.
2: Yeah, right now. Good good point. In 1997,
0: um,
2: the British Crown agreed to turn over Hong Kong back to communist China. There's a long story to that, but the important thing to recognize is that in 1997, Hong Kong returned to China, even though I should note that many, many people in Hong Kong pleaded with the British, please stay, do not abandon us, okay? But the British felt they had no choice. In any case, under the terms of the agreement that Britain was able to secure with China, the idea would be for at least 50 years, Hong Kong would continue to enjoy special privileges, greater independence, greater freedom of expression in comparison to other cities in China. But the reason for those protests in 2019 is that the CCP, especially under its cousin under its current premier, um, Xi Jinping, has steadily stripped away those rights. And so although technically, Hong Kong is still what, what China is pleased to call a semi-autonomous territory. Nonetheless, it is um, being crushed ever more violently under the heel of the Chinese Communist Party.
0: Thank you, thank you for that, David Panol, Joe Rasinello.
1: You know, I think when people hear things like this, they they hear them through the lens of, of an American like like view of rights. Like here, people protest, and and you don't get put in prison. You don't get beaten, but that's not how it works in other countries. I mean, as you were telling that story, uh, how he went into communist China after he was ordained a priest, I was thinking of the life of Walter Chiswick, who went into to Russia. Uh, he was a Jesuit, and he was imprisoned, and then he was in exile. Everyone thought he was dead. They had funeral masses for the man in the United States. But this is how it works in other countries. And I think when Americans hear this, they say, oh, you're protesting, great. No, it doesn't work that way. You go to jail, and they throw you the they throw the key away. I mean, talk a little bit about. I I don't think people truly appreciate the risk that you're taking when you. Well, do...
0: Joe Rasinello, I do want to say this, and we won't get into this part of it, but we're getting increasingly like that in America. So when you were telling that story, the the first thing that popped in my mind is Father Fidelis Miesinski went to jail for ninety days. You know, Father Embarrado's been arrested for exercising a right to free uh, freedom to protest, freedom of association, whatever, you know, it's all. And it's dressed up under charges. There's always like, there's a charge against you. The communists love placing charges against you. They put it in a legal framework, and then they ship you off to jail. So I just want to say it seems, you're right, Joe, We most people don't, it doesn't sink in, okay, uh, what, what they, people go through in other countries. But my, my point in, in this is that America is not exactly immune from this. In other words, we can we can easily head down that path. Um, I mean, tell me if you agree. I, 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 you know, because it it seems like it's getting a little bit more harsh. But I, I, I just wanted to mention that it's like America's not immune from these things. But go ahead, David. Um,
2: the point of clarification here, Joe, and I think this is important, is that <clears throat> ever since the foundation of the Chinese Communist Party, what is particularly frightening to me about their notion of incarceration is that they have this notion of what they call um, thought reform, hmm. right? And thought reform uh, is usually translated in English as brainwashing. Okay, or sometimes it's called reform through labor. It's uh, I, I, I only wish it were as simple as putting a person in jail and throwing away the key. What they work at, okay? And this goes back to Somehow. some. This goes back to someone who is intensely admired by Xi Jinping, who currently runs China. I'm talking about Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin, when he as dictator ran communist Russia, Soviet Russia, at a famous speech where he addressed various Soviet intellectuals and writers, Joseph Stalin said with approval, you are the engineers of the human soul. And there's this notion that underlies communist thought, that there's nothing essential about human beings, that is that everything can be changed. Everything can be engineered, okay? And this kind of notion that there's, there's no intrinsic identity to a human being, everything can be manipulated, okay? That's important to keep in mind because Xi Jinping has quoted Stalin in his speeches referring to the Chinese education system as the engineer of the human soul to make individuals in China into replicants of what the Chinese Communist Party wants.
0: David, now- let me ask you a question. Me, real quick, because you, you, you brought it up. Let me ask you a question. You're here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe we are way in the breach um, with David Penault because we're discussing Cardinal Zen and human rights violations. We won't stay too long on this, um, but here's my point or my question that, I, that that I had for you. Why don't the communists learn— Look, in fact, it's funny you brought it up. I I was actually watching the great uh, cinematic depiction of Orwell's book, 1984, where Richard Burton tells John Hurt, human beings are infinitely malleable. Apply enough pain and they'll do whatever you want them to do. That's proven not to be true. okay? because human beings have responded against communist repression and oppression and persecution. Okay, we know Stalin was wrong about that. We know Mao was wrong. No, so so I, I guess my question is, but we just let them get away with it. it, it like, I, I, I guess I don't know where I'm going, but why don't people realize that we can fight? These are not the most all-powerful people in the world, and we can fight them against them because we are not infinitely malleable.
2: Right. Well, and of course, I agree with you, you know. I mean, any any person who is religiously oriented in general, and in particular, any Christian, and especially Catholic Christians, we would instantly say— No, there's something, there's an essential core to us called our immortal soul that comes from God and we return to God to give an accounting of ourselves and you know, as the Baltimore Catechism says, why am we on earth? We are on earth to know God, to love him and serve him in this life and to be happy with him in the next, okay? An immortal soul, that's not something that's subject to malleability and negotiation, you know, with, with any communist regime, but The thing is, unfortunately, in this country, in this country, in the United States, uh, I've encountered all too many people who, you know, they are avowedly materialist, so they have no interest in the notion of an immortal soul, and they have an admiration for what they call the efficiency of the communist system under Xi Jinping. You know, look how quickly the authoritarians get things done. You've heard that kind of talk, you know, and it really, really makes me worried. Um, But I think that that's part of the seductiveness of what we see at work. You know, I mean, what I see at work going on in the world today is a civilizational struggle that has to do with the notion of, you know, uh, what does one believe in? Does one believe in a spiritual and religious Worldview or is one ultimately materialist? And Xi Jinping has said explicitly <clears throat> that you know what needs to take place is the inculcation of what he calls scientific atheism. Hmm. Okay. And, and that is why, again and again, the Communist Party in China keeps persecuting people of faith. Why? Because of the fact that <clears throat> If you are a person of faith, you know that there is something in you, there's an inner core that is not subject to authoritarian, materialist oriented, hierarchical governments
0: like that. All right, David Penalt joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe we're discussing Cardinal Zen and the human rights abuses in China and the Chinese Communist Party. This is not some nice regime, okay? They are it is a brutal dictatorship is what it is. Cardinal Zen is just one of their many victims. But he's the topic of conversation today. Joe Rasinello,
1: David, let's talk about the Catholic Patriotic Association. What is it, and how does it differ from the underground church? Because th- this is going to get it to the crux of the conversation. Clearly, uh, Cardinal Zen have has a different approach to how the church should be governed in China. Um, let's break down those two differences, and then we can explore the conversation deeper.
2: That's right. So, um... Since the uh, inception of communist rule in China, beginning in 1949 under Mao Zedong, okay, um, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, has puzzled over the question: <clears throat> How do we bring people of faith under our control? And so, in each case, this is the interesting thing. <clears throat> technically, <clears throat> excuse me. Technically, the CCP allows people to worship, <clears throat> excuse me, even though those people are subject to persecution. To try to co-opt the religious impulse, early on, what the CCP did was to create something called the Chinese Catholic Patriotic Association. And by patriotic association, what that means is that priests have to register. The churches have to be registered with the government. sermons have to be pre-approved no one can say anything in any way critical of the government that's sort of the foundation but from the beginning there has also been an underground catholic church that has been faithful to rome faithful to the vatican faithful to christ jesus now that underground church has been persecuted savagely by the ccp That continued on, the tension between the official patriotic association and the underground Catholic faithful. But what has happened since 2018, and I'm sorry to have to say this, but uh, some listeners may already be aware that our current Pope, Pope Francis, negotiated an agreement with Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. A secret agreement. So we don't know all the details. But one important detail that we do know is that under the terms of that agreement, that the CCP would be allowed to nominate bishops. They would pick, quote-unquote, politically correct, government-compliant Catholic nominees to be bishop and then pope francis would have the right to say yes we accept that person no we don't but in 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 every case it would be the ccp who would draw up the list of candidates and <clears throat> from francis's point of view <clears throat> what he wanted to do was to unify the catholic church so that the two groups, the Underground and the Patriotic Association, are brought together. But this is proven to be very destructive, excuse me, very destructive. And this is how Jody and I, my wife and I, came to meet Cardinal Zen, because what happened was uh, late in 2018, December 2018, shortly after this agreement was drawn up, between Pope Francis and the CCP, I contacted Cardinal Zen, told him that we were coming to Hong Kong and would it be possible to interview him? And he wrote back saying that um, he doesn't, he wouldn't normally have the time, but he was so upset and concerned by the Pope's agreement that he would agree to the meeting with us Uh, so as to be able to have an interview and, you know, have another means to express his concerns. So anyways, uh, he wound up inviting us to dinner um, at uh, one of the residences in Hong Kong. We had a a wonderful evening, um, and I was able to um, actually publish that interview uh, through Catholic World Report. But in that interview with Cardinal Zen, what he emphasized is the fact that this has been enormously destructive and demoralizing to the Catholic population in China. And um, he emphasized the fact that the underground church in China has withstood violent persecution and imprisonment for generations. They do not want to be under the supervision in any way of the Chinese Communist Party. And he said that uh, both he and the underground church are very very disappointed with this decision by pope francis that was why he agreed to the interview to have another way of getting that word out there and um he has continued to express his disagreement um and in fact what has happened is that again and again the chinese communist party is using this new and to clamp down ever more on the underground church. In fact, um, just a couple of days ago, I saw another report that talks about a priest who is a member of the underground church in China talking about how the CCP is now seeking out and through their surveillance technology, locating um, underground Catholics and, and saying to them, look, your Pope has already agreed to give us an official say. So you you should come on board also, you know? And, you know, to, just to give you an idea of the kinds of things that are involved, now the CCP is going around to the homes of Chinese Catholics, insisting that they take down crucifixes and holy cards from the wall and put in their place giant portraits in people's homes of Mao Zedong side by side with Xi Jinping, and in Catholic churches in various parts of China, now the CCP is insisting on putting up giant banner-sized pictures of Xi Jinping inside the church, right where the altar would be, with giant banners alongside, uh, with slogans from the Chinese Communist Party. So the. Even repression- all,
0: let me. Let me ask yeah. you a question. Uh, David Pinal joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Give it, let's give our audience a little, just a quick, very brief historical context. Did not Henry VIII, or, or let me put it like this, in the English bishops back then, do the same thing that the so called bishops are doing now, basically getting in bed with the state, saying, probably under some idea that it's going to be for the greater good of the church in China, whatever they, but we have historical precedent for that, uh, uh, for this. Am I correct? We, and the reason why I bring it up, but we had saints like Thomas More and St. John Fisher, okay, that, that, that called it for what it was and refused to buckle down. But this is not shocking, is my point, and please elaborate if you would briefly. This is not shocking. Catholics have been through this before with authoritarian regimes. In this case, we're talking about China. 500 years ago, we were talking about Henry VIII and his daughter, Elizabeth, when she took power, did the same thing. Am I wrong, David?
2: You're absolutely right, absolutely right, Joe. In, in every case, what happens if the church thinks that it can accommodate the government, it winds up compromising itself, especially when you're talking about a government that is authoritarian and militantly, as it calls itself, scientifically atheist. You know, it's it winds up being ex- extremely destructive and demoralizing, potentially demoralizing for the average faithful Catholic who has proven repeatedly in China that they're willing to suffer and die for their faith.
0: I'm an American Catholic and I feel demoralized. Yeah. Like what what you're describing is demoralizing me. I know it's demoralizing to Joe. We feel like, why are you doing this? Like, like, again, we know that there's historical, we've seen it before in the history of the church, but yes, it's demoralizing across the board. Well, let me tell you something personal from our um,
2: conversation in Hong Kong. With Cardinal Zen, I asked him, I said, why is Pope Francis doing this? Why is he going, why is he doing this agreement? And what he said to me is first of all, unlike St. John Paul II, Pope Francis did not have direct personal experience of what it's like to live under a communist authoritarian government whereas we know that John Paul II did. Remember, John Paul II grew, you know, he lived in communist Poland, right? So there's a kind of naivete at work there with Francis. And then Cardinal Zen said to me, if you're asking me why Pope Francis would do this unwise thing of this agreement with communist China, he says, I think it's because, he said, part of it is he wants to be the one to have these good relations with China so that he can be welcomed in Beijing triumphantly, saying, here we are, you know, I'm in Beijing, and I've been able to heal this breach with China and bring everyone together. And Cardinal Zen said to to us repeatedly when Jody and I were there, he said to us repeatedly, he said, you cannot trust, you cannot trust the communists in China. They will not honor their agreements. And in fact, in fact, just this morning in the Wall Street Journal, um, Jody pointed out to me an article that indicates that uh, China has gone ahead and simply appointed a Catholic bishop <clears throat> in a diocese um, without even bothering to consult with Francis. And the and the Vatican expressed its disappointment. You know, I mean, <clears throat> it just proves what Cardinal Zen said. You cannot trust the Chinese Communist Party. It doesn't matter that they say, oh, well, you know, we will have this agreement, this understanding with you. They will simply violate the terms of it at their convenience. And I'm very sorry to say, as a Catholic, that, you know, Pope Francis is making me feel kind of ashamed here that, you know, the naivete, at least, and to say nothing more, um, of trying this kind of agreement with China.
0: Well, I think you I think you used the right word, David Is the, the, the naivete. Of thinking that i don't i'm sorry joe and i well let me speak for myself i know joe agrees um communism is something to be fought against not accommodated not talking about picking up guns but in the battleground of ideas we need to be promoting our catholic ideas against communism because if, if for no other reason communism central to communism is systematic atheism which means it cannot Coincide or coexist with the Catholic Church. Let's take a break, David Penalt. This is a, you know, I get a little bit emotional over this because this is an important topic. I think people have their heads buried in the sand when it comes to communists, particularly communists in China. So we're going to come back after the break at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network and continue the conversation with David Penalt. We are discussing Cardinal Zen um, and what's, what he's going through right now and the human rights violations of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, so stick around. We'll be right back.
3: Each day, you and I have an opportunity to know and to serve God. How much has God given you? You can touch a heart, change a soul with your donation to Veritas Catholic Radio. Today is Giving Tuesday. Your opportunity to support and keep Catholic Radio on the air in the Diocese of Bridgeport. Prayerfully consider making your Giving Tuesday donation right now at VeritasCatholicRadio.com. The souls that are touched by your donation to Veritas Catholic Radio will celebrate you. You'll hear how Christ is brought to many souls at VeritasCatholicRadio.com. On your smart speaker, on your mobile device with the free Veritas Catholic Radio app and at AM 1350 and FM 103.9. Help us share that light this Advent season in anticipation of Christ's birth. Bless Veritas Catholic Radio right now with your tax deductible donations safely and securely at VeritasCatholicRadio.com. Thank you and may God bless you and your family. From Veritas Catholic Radio online at VeritasCatholicRadio.com.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We're way in the breach with David Pinault. We're discussing Cardinal Zen and the human rights abuses of the Chinese Communist Party. Joe, usually I'm very happy when we're doing interviews. I was happy the last time David came on the show. We were laughing a little bit. We were discussing, uh, we were discussing different things. I-, I am angry today, and I am sad. Because this is a sad and angering situation. And, and and leaving aside what the church is doing, just the way American leftists just fawn, and, and right-wingers too, don't get me wrong, fawn over the Chinese Communist Party like there's somebody that we should be even thinking about having a normal uh, relationship with. But for the church to do it is even more saddening. We're going to continue the conversation with David Penault. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello.
1: David, first, a comment regarding the recent Wall Street Journal article. I mean, one could even say that that bishop isn't even in apostolic succession with the church because the church has to acknowledge its priests and its bishop. You can't just do that outside of the church. I would even say from that article alone, not going to Rome would say you can question if that bishop is even recognizable from an apostolic succession perspective. that's just my comment. But obviously that and this is something that Cardinal Zen has said that these bishops that Beijing would put forth, if that's what they're you know going to do to honor their agreement, um, they're collaborators with the government. To be a Catholic is to be a revolutionary. To be honest with you, I always see this when I watch TV and people, kids want to be revolutionaries. And, you know, you taught them for years at the college level. To be a revolutionary is to be a Catholic. Christ was the greatest revolutionary ever. How can you possibly have someone who's being put under the guidelines of an authoritarian state and be a true Catholic, meaning speak the truth, say things that rub people sometimes the wrong way for their own good and for the good of society, how could you possibly think that that is going to bear fruit? I don't understand it. Like, you cannot negotiate with a tyrant. If someone breaks into your house to hurt your family, you're not going to invite them to the kitchen table. It can't be done. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So talk about that, because I do not see, and, and I could try to be ob- objective as possible. There is no feasible way that this could bear fruit from a perspective of teaching the faith properly and it bearing fruit.
2: Well, I agree with you, first of all, completely. I agree with you personally. Um, But unfortunately, what has been happening in recent years is that, I hate to say this, but um, Pope Francis's Vatican has been simply working too hard to try to find an accommodation with communist China. The problem is that Xi Jinping and the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, have made it clear that what they want to do is they want to signify, that's the term that they use, which just means Chinify. They want to sinicize religion. That is, <clears throat> they have said explicitly that every religion that's going to exist in China has to not only be under the direction of the CCP, it also, each of these religions, will have to be signified. That is, it will have to have Chinese characteristics And I'll give you an example of that. I just saw a photograph recently uh, online from Xinjiang. Now, Xinjiang is in the far west of China. That's home to the people known as the Uyghurs, most of whom are Muslim. They have been brutally persecuted under the CCP as Muslims. And currently, of the 11 million or so uh, Uyghur Muslims, well, over 1 million, about 10% of the whole population are currently in concentration camps. Though the CCP says, no, no, those are re education centers. But in any case, <clears throat> yeah, I've seen, I just saw a photograph of a mosque in Xinjiang, in Western China, one that is officially approved of, and hanging over the entrance are these giant banners. <clears throat> and it says, in chinese aidong which means love the party love the state right and that's that's classic visual image of what the ccp is doing to religion in china the whole idea from the CC point of, uh, ccp's point of view is you simply use religion as an instrument to inculcate obedience to the CCP. And you have to understand when it comes to China, right, the CCP says explicitly the CCP is China, the CCP is the state. There is no China without the Communist Party. They constantly say that. And <clears throat> under under this new agreement, now that they have the agreement with the Vatican, what the CCP has accelerated is so-called training seminars for Catholic priests in China. <clears throat> And the latest report I saw indicates that those priests are told explicitly in these so called training seminars you have to use the church and use the sermons to inculcate love for the party, to inculcate love for Xi Jinping, to point him out as a leader, and that the communist values are to be inculcated. So, you know, there's simply no way as far as as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure as far as you're both concerned, there's no way that that authoritarianism, so-called scientific atheism, it cannot coexist with religion in general, Christianity in particular, and Catholic Catholic Christianity especially. It's just not
0: Dave, possible. David Penault joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing Cardinal Zen and the human rights abuses. Uh, David, I know this isn't one of the um, original I, I think questions we were going, but let me ask you a question. Quite frankly, because you just know a lot about this. What's your opinion of American corporations who, who, who don't even... Now, remember, you mentioned, you mentioned materialism, okay? There's right-wing materialism, too. Your Chamber of Commerce conservatives, your American basketball team owners, all doing business with the Chinese Communist Party. Apple, okay? They don't pluck a hair for Uyghurs, okay? Or Cardinals in. And what's going on? So, I mean, I just love your comments on that because it's amazing to me that the most supposedly anti-communist people there are, they got no problem doing business with the Chinese Communist Party. Well, my first
2: thought in response to that is a famous statement attributed to Vladimir Lenin, you know, one of the early leaders of the Soviet Russia Communist Party, in which he said, the capitalists will sell us the rope with which we shall hang them. Right. The capitalists will sell us the rope with which we shall hang them. And that's what's going on. People foolishly think, and you're right, it's not limited left or right, but there are just way too many corporations and celebrities in this country who think, oh, yeah, let's do business as usual. Why? Well, I would say it has to do with the fact that, unfortunately, in our country, it's a recurrent temptation it's built into, <clears throat> It's it's there. There's a risk element in that wonderful phrase, "life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness," because pursuit of happiness has the risk of becoming an indulgence in selfishness. That's always the risk. That's why religion. That's why faith in God, that's why it's so important to counterbalance this whole notion of pursuit of happiness, because it can degenerate. Pursuit of happiness can degenerate into selfish materialism, and that has happened so much in this country, that we think we're independent of God. We don't need religion. And so, that hunger is still there. The spiritual hunger is still there, but for so many of us in this country, we just keep pursuing ever more and ever more material pleasures, thinking that that will satisfy us. It won't, but people people keep being seduced by that. And so they see China and they say, oh, wow, an opportunity to do business. And they simply don't bother to think about how their pursuit of business winds up harming multitudes of people and ultimately doing harm to us. I mean, because we are in a civilizational struggle right now and if we are bogged down in materialism, where are we going to find a religious spirit of self sacrifice for a greater good?
0: Well, we're supposed to find it in Rome, is that, is that, where, and through the Catholic Church. And we're with David Penalt, we're discussing cardinals and in human rights violations. I do wanna, uh, in China, I do wanna point out. That David is the author of two books, uh, both of which are available at Ignatius Press, The Crucifix on Mecca's Front Porch, A Christian's Companion for the Study of Islam, and also he wrote a novel, Providence Blue, A Fantasy Quest. We would encourage our audience members to go on Ignatius Press and buy the books. Joe Resinello, where do you want to go?
1: David, let's talk about Cardinal Zen's recent trial, just to give a little background, and then you could kind of take it from there. In September of 2022, uh, the Good Cardinal and five others stood trial in Hong Kong. They allegedly did not register a nonprofit that would provide legal support for protesters during the 2019-2020 Hong Kong demonstrations. Last week, uh, I believe, um, he was found guilty, and they only fined him $500. I was actually shocked— When I heard that, um, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think it was a smart move. Uh, I think it got too much political, you know, attention, and he's a 90 year old man. Give me your thoughts on the trial itself. What they tried to do by the Um, nonprofit—clearly, it was a courageous move. He's helping the common man who's getting arrested, who doesn't have the money to pay, you know, the fines, uh, and the and basically what the outcome. Was which was a five hundred dollar fine, and where you think it's going to go?
2: Yes, and and uh, I'm glad you brought this up, Joe. And this is something I have been following closely myself. Now, um, going back to when uh, Jody, my wife and I, had dinner with Cardinal Zen in December 2018, <clears throat> one thing that he put across very strongly was that <clears throat> he was ready at any time to serve as a martyr. And in fact, we had the great pleasure in talking with him. Uh, He talked with us about martyrs of the early church, such as St. Perpetua and so forth. And, And he was, and I want to emphasize, this is a person, wonderfully low key, great sense of humor, very gentle man. But at the same time, you can sense that this is a very strong individual, in a very quiet way, very, very strong. And it was very powerful for me to see photographs of him the next year, in 2019, on the front lines of these nonviolent demonstrations, the protesters protesting against Chinese communist encroachments and communist breaking, violating the agreements that they had with Hong Kong after the handover from the British. And what he did in the wake of those demonstrations was he engaged in fundraising so as to provide medical care and legal help for the hundreds of demonstrators who had been beaten and arrested by the police in Hong Kong. So what the uh, communist government did was then to look for excuses to arrest those leaders who were standing up for young people. He was one of the people who was arrested and indicted And on uh, November 25th, as you mentioned, Joe, um, the sentence was handed down um, when Cardinal Zen was convicted of having engaged in this fundraising. And um, as you said, it was a relatively mild sentence, simply a fine that came out to just a little over $500 in U.S. currency. But as you said, it was a shrewd tactic on the part of the CCP. Why is that? Well there's a sense in which you could say, I think the CCP is afraid of people like Cardinal Zen, who are ready to be martyrs. And they were aware of the fact that photographs were taken of him showing up at the court, he's 90 years old, he's walking with a cane, but utterly unafraid, and very, very serene and calm about it. And they realized, now it's just not gonna look good putting him in jail. I think that that's why they decided And because, you see, this is the thing. The CCP, as violent as it is, still wants to present a smiley face to the world. Why? Because the CCP still thinks that they can fool us. And so when it's a question of someone who's high profile, like Cardinal Zen, someone who's been speaking up courageously for decades, they're going to be a little bit more careful. But that doesn't change the reality. It does not change the reality of the brutality of the CCP and its foundational hostility to all the good represented by the Catholic tradition and all the good represented by America at its best. And I want to emphasize here that <clears throat> there's no question in my mind, and Cardinal Zen said, said this to us as well when we met with him, that <clears throat> the CCP— Wants to dominate not just China, but the world and impose its values on the world.
0: Well, that's exactly right. I wish I wish people would get that through their head. Again, this is not some just nice little regime that, that you know we're just that that wants that offers goodwill to all people. No, they want to imp- imp- like their like his uh hero, Joseph Stalin. Okay, he wants to import these ideas or export these ideas all around the world and impose it. That's the important thing. Let's talk about, I love the fact that we're talking about this, Joe Racinello, because you know what? encourages me as a Roman Catholic. uh, And for those of you just joining us, uh, we're discussing Cardinal Zen and the human rights violations in China. Our guest is David Penault, who is an emeritus professor of religious studies at Santa Clara University. Um, It encourages me, Joe Rasinello, and I think it should encourage others. When I think in my mind, Their biggest fear is a strong Catholic church. I'm sorry. There are many other strong people who don't identify as Catholic, I get. Their biggest fear are people who are unapologetically, okay, and fearless in in defending their Catholic faith and human rights uh, and the rights of of both themselves and other people and the rights of the church. I want to talk about one of those guys because we're talking about, obviously, Cardinal Zen, okay, um, who who is outright a hero in this whole thing. Jimmy Lai, all right? And I want to bring him up for a reason, David Pinalt, because he's rich, okay? We were talking about materialism earlier. Jimmy Lai is buku rich, is what he is, all right? Loaded to the gills, willing to lay down his life to speak out. Okay, and let me just give a quick backdrop, and I want your uh, opinion, David Pennell. Jimmy Lai is a pro-democracy media tycoon. He is Catholic. In 2021, he was found guilty of charges relating to pro-democracy protests in 2019 and sentenced to prison. Now, he said this, and this is what I want you to comment on, David, if you don't mind. Um, In an interview with the Ethics and Public Policy Center at at, uh, the University of Notre Dame, he said, quote, when you lift yourself above your own self-interest— you find the meaning of life. You find you're doing the right thing, which is so wonderful. It changed my life into a different thing. Closed quote. Your thoughts on this man and his Catholic witness, David Penult.
2: I'm glad you brought him up, Joe. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy Lai is someone uh, that is really worth knowing about. Uh, he, as a young man, destitute, he came to Hong Kong as a boy um, and gradually, through a lot of hard work, became what you would call a business tycoon Um, and became the uh, owner of um, one of the most famous independent news outlets in Hong Kong, Apple Daily. And um, he used his editorial voice as the owner of this newspaper to speak out courageously against all the depredations and persecutions being waged by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, And as a result of the so-called national security law, which was imposed on Hong Kong in 2020, um, basically, as you said, he was um, arrested and um, sentenced, I think, if I remember right, to something like seven years in prison. Um, Now, what's interesting about all this, and this goes back to uh, the quotation from him that you just mentioned, Joe, um, he was someone who, as an adult, was baptized as a Catholic and who felt very strongly that the wealth that he had earned through his hard work should be put to use for the good of others and especially for promulgating the values associated with the Catholic faith into which he was baptized as an adult. So there's an instance, it's interesting. You look at Cardinal Zen, dedicated to a life of poverty as a servant of the church, but then Jimmy Lai, as a wealthy tycoon, newspaper owner. But what they share in common is being willing to sacrifice and run risks for the greater good of the Catholic faith.
0: Amen to that. Joe Racinello.
1: I want to comment on something you said uh, when you met with Cardinal Zen. He, He repeatedly told you that he's ready to die to be a martyr. The reason why cardinals wear red is for that reason. That's symbolic. Every single cardinal in the Catholic Church should think exactly like that. Now, I understand human nature. I've been around the block. I understand my own weaknesses. I understand it, you know. But that is the approach. That man is walking the road to sainthood, if you ask me. Honestly, I think he is a historic figure that will be remembered. Very similar to the Cardinal from Vietnam. I can't think of his name often. You probably know it. Uh, He was in prison for 13 years. Another man who will become a saint. (laughs) He wore red. Comment on that. Because that is the mentality that should be had by all of them. Yeah. Well, one thing that I mentioned in
2: the uh, interview uh, that we published based on our conversation with Cardinal Zen, while we had dinner with him, From memory, Cardinal Zen quoted a lengthy passage in an essay written by his hero, Pope Benedict XVI, Pope Emeritus, in which Pope Benedict meditates, offers a meditation on the book of Revelation, the apocalypse, and especially the vision that St. John has of the Lamb. The Lamb of God, Christ Jesus, wounded and standing as one as those slain. Okay, who is then given the book, this the, the book, the seven seals, and only the lamb is able to open the scroll and reveal what God's will is. Cardinal Zen quotes from memory this passage from Pope Benedict's meditation on the Lamb of God in the book of Revelation. And the point that both Benedict and Cardinal Zen focus on, and this is what Cardinal Zen said to us, is that the lamb is a creature that looks as if it's weak and can't do anything, let alone lead a campaign of some kind. And yet Cardinal Zen said to us, that's something we have to keep in mind. It's not a question of how we might look in the eyes of the world. The way the world judges us is to say, oh, a lamb, that's powerless. But there's an inner strength there. And that strength is linked to the willingness to be wounded, to die, to give witness as martyrs. And he emphasized that in his interview with us. And I think that it's very relevant to what you are saying about the color red won by the Cardinals as a symbol of their willingness to be martyrs and witness to the truth of Catholic Christianity.
0: David, what do we do? David Panult joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, what do we do in America? We're three Catholic men. We make our voices heard. We get it out there. okay? We're critical of a lot of things, not just the Chinese Communist Party. But what do we do when we see this? I mean what would you what practical things would you would you offer to, to our listeners because I can I can honestly say because the thought goes through my head what can I do about it? Yeah I, I don't mean to sound so cynical but but then I think in my mind well okay it's great we're opening our mouth but what could I do about it? What 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 do you recommend? Because it seems sometimes that we're just fighting a losing fight.
2: Right. Well the thing is I think first and foremost it's important not to lose heart and not to get discouraged because ultimately Ultimately, we're not fighting alone. No matter what we go through, and this is something, a little advertisement here, this is something I mentioned repeatedly in my book, The Crucifix on Mecca's Front Porch, that whatever suffering we go through, we're not alone in it. Because Christ crucified has been a pioneer before us in suffering, right? And he is still with us, and he hasn't forgotten us. Because the risen Christ, we know this, still bears the marks of the cross, So he hasn't forgotten what suffering is like. Christ is always with us. That's the first thing. And then in more practical, immediate terms, you can say this. We need to apply that insight in our country. In other words, whatever work we're doing, whatever form of life we're engaged in, we need to constantly be standing up for the values that distinguish us from the Chinese Communist Party where they are espousing what they call scientific atheism and scientific materialism, we have to constantly bear witness to the larger reality of the eternal life in God. We should be living in a way that helps us to make that glow forth and shine forth in this world, in our personal witness. And then in a larger sense, we need to find ways to discover leaders who can constantly bring that forward and to say, no, we are not going to accommodate, we are not going to accommodate any institutions such as the Chinese Communist Party. Now I want to emphasize here, I note that I say the CCP, you know, our quarrel is not with the Chinese people. There are many, many good people in any country
0: they're the ones being they're the ones being oppressed that's right
2: that's right <laughs> and as you you know right now even as we speak there are nationwide protests going on against the so-called zero covid policy it's been such a disaster under xi jinping so what we right. need is personal bearing witness to the larger reality of christ's presence in our world christ the king he's the true true lord and then we need at a kind of institutional level to see how we can find leaders and elect leaders who can represent those values without apology, because we're not gonna find a middle ground. We're not going to find a middle ground with the Chinese Communist Party. You know? And they want to replace us. There's no question about that. And, and we need to be aware of that. And that's one reason why I'm grateful to both of you to be allowed to talk about this because we need to reach as many people as possible.
0: Well, At the end of the day, that's really, you know, obviously, like you said, I'm glad you reminded me and many others out there. Uh, Christ is victorious. Stick to him and everything will be fine um, on the more day-to-day level. Yeah. We just have to keep opening our mouth and don't be fearful. David Panult what do you have on the burner right now? We have about a minute left. Where could uh, our audience members buy your books, uh, follow your articles? Uh, what do you have going on?
2: So, um, for those who are interested, <clears throat> um, my uh, most recent articles, I've published several with the Catholic World Report, which you can find online with Catholic World Report. Um, and then, um, as you have been kind enough to mention, my two most recent books have both been published by Ignatius Press, The Crucifix on Mecca's Front Porch, A Christian's Companion for the Study of Islam, and my latest novel, which is called Providence Blue, A Fantasy Quest, you can find them at Ignatius.com, and then also you can find them on Amazon. Thank you.
0: David Penault. we want to thank you for coming on the show and having this very important conversation about Cardinal Zen, what he's going through, what the church is going through, and about the Chinese Communist Party in general. So thank you so much, our friend, for for joining us here. We really appreciate it.
2: A pleasure and an honor as always, Joe. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome, David. And thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please share this... This conversation, this this radio interview with your friends, it's important that we educate ourselves as to what's going on, like we said, with China, with the Chinese Communist Party. So please share this. Um, and wherever you see Joe and I on social media, primarily the front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube, the Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube, hit a like, a subscribe, a share, do all that fun stuff and help us out. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere.